does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Nine o'clock hour underway here on a Wednesday. And joining us now on the Payless Liquors Hotline, we go from the Dean of College Basketball, Mike DeCourcy, as I've always called it, to the Dean of Writers covering the Indianapolis Colts, Mike Chappell joining us. And Chap, my understanding is Kevin has presented it this way. You tell me if this is accurate. Basically, uh, Tony Dungy went on Dan Patrick's show. Tony Dungy said some things that Jim Irsay kind of rubbed him the wrong way, and so Jim Irsay picked up the phone and said, I'm going to call the guy that I need to clear the air to, and that was Mike Chappell along with Bob Kravitz, and you had a conversation <laughs> with Irsay yesterday. Pretty fair how that all went down? Well, you're not as dumb as they say you are, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Chapp hasn't been up for very long, but, man, he's swinging this morning. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I – he just wanted, yeah, he's he's really taken umbrage to the fact that they're not playing Ryan to save potentially $17 million. And and that only, I, I, I've quit really paying attention to contracts much because they get complicated and all this, but it, it all comes down to if Ryan would suffer a major injury and he can't pass the physical in March, those guarantees become, or those, bonuses not bonuses but part of the contract become guaranteed that's part of any contract it's not like it's special to his but then he also said that you know we're going to need all three quarterbacks the rest of the season and this is up to jeff and so but yeah that that was the 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 button that was pushed that that prompted the the call i thought chap and you tell me if i read this wrong I thought Ursay kind of contradicted himself because on one hand he said that is absolutely – Tony Dungy, for those that are unfamiliar, Tony Dungy had had reinforced that notion that perhaps part of the reason Matt Ryan wasn't playing was because there was something in his contract that he would be automatically given money towards next year if he had an injury you know, and, and, he, and he wasn't able to play and that that would – kick in guaranteed money and Jim Irsay took exception to that and said that's absolutely untrue that's BS there's nothing like that but then later am I correct Mike in saying that he he then said well every contract has stuff like that right right the, the, initially I think it was kind of lost in translation where people because you know somebody said it's, it's like in, in in grade school when you it's that old tell a, tell a secret thing and by the time it gets to the end it's different he, it's been sort of reported, and I've not seen it, so I don't want to put it out there too much, but that it's tied to playtime. If he plays X, X number of games more, that's not it. It's all the, it's in, it's the injury factor. If he finishes, if he comes back, finishes the year, and he's fine, then in all likelihood, they're going to cut him before March 17th, and, not, and he gets $12 million of his guaranteed salary for next year. And the seventeen million goes away, but if there is an injury and, and he can't pass the physical, then then those guarantees or then that those, that extra money becomes guaranteed. So it's tied to injury, not playtime. So I mean, can, can the team try to protect itself from that by not playing him? Of course, but you can do that with any player. Now you're talking he's not any player because it's seventeen million dollars. 
so yeah, it's 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 how you want to look at it, but I want to see if they play him again. I mean, I, I was always under the impression that the only way that Matt Ryan plays again is if Sam Ellinger and Nick Foles get hurt, but we'll see. Okay, Mike Chappell's with us, CBS4, Fox 59, his latest from Jim Ursay last night. Um, Ursay felt the need to clarify some things, address some narratives potentially out there. Um, so, again, that is Chapp's latest. Um, on that note, uh, I guess what else kind of stood out to you from last night's conversation? He was sounded pretty adamant that they have the right offensive line personnel. It's up to the head coach to figure that out. Um, and he also seemed very open to drafting a quarterback next year, even if Sam Ellinger plays well. Yeah, but he started that. I didn't use that part because it was he called late, and you know, at some point I'm done with the day. It's just <laughs> I, I had a chance. <laughs> I my day was filled up with my day was filled up with talking with with Frank and getting his side on all this. But you got Ball State he, on to watch. I, and I was, I, and boy, they just couldn't bring it home. So you know, half a trip, I guess. But <laughs> but. It, yeah, he, he now what he said initially he says, well, we got to see where where we are with Sam because Bob asked the question. Well, we'll see about how Sam does and all this, and he really likes Sam. He, he really likes Sam Ellinger, but they want to see what they've got. But he, he he finally came around to where you know it's it's if if something's there, we certainly have to look at it, and we probably will look at it. Well, they have to look at it. I mean, even if Sam looks like he's you know part of your future as as Worst case, a quality backup, which I think may be what he is. You still have to. And, and goodness, what are they, right now they're 14th in the draft order. What makes anyone think they're not going to move up? You know, I, I look at that schedule and I see, I don't know what. Because they're not win. tanking, chap. They're in to win. Well, you know, this is one of those where you don't have to tank. Right. You know, on the field. I mean, you, you can play your ass off. Which I think, for the most part, they do. Not for they do, but until I always default back, and I'm wrong sometimes on this. Until they get the offensive line fixed, who's going to do anything? I mean, the the defense is going to give up points because that's what you know other teams are pretty good. But hey, l- let's let's get to that chat because I I asked Kevin this earlier. I I had this weird, I had this feeling that like in two years, some story's going to come out that we're going to find out that one of the key pieces of that line was hurt had an ankle injury, whatever it might be, and it was and it just caused everything else around it to be off kilter and off balance. Or maybe it's just that one guy forgot how to play. I have no idea. I mean, I'm at my wits end on that offensive line. What, quite frankly, because they do have guys that we've seen play well in the NFL, what is the issue? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the left guard. Uh, I mean, I mean, on, on we're going to find out something in two years. I, I've asked people, I've talked to people, uh, I talked to Frank about it. I said, Frank, what what's up with Quentin? And they don't know. You know, it's, it's w- one thing. And, and when you've been in this long enough, you think, well, boy, he got paid. Now he's toasting. That's not Quentin. That's not even close to who Quentin Nelson is. Something's going on uh, uh, physically. I don't know, but as a group, it, it, everyone has taken at least a step back, and some guys uh, at the position. And some guys have taken two and three steps back. Left tackle, we, we were all trashing Eric Fisher uh, in, in pass protection. He's pretty good run blocker. He's pretty good. And Quentin last year had the injuries. Ryan Kelly has ha, has regressed to some level. I don't know what level you want to put it. 
And I'm telling you, the drop-off from Chris Reed and Mark Lewinsky at right guard to what they've done is immense. It is. I think Braden Smith's playing okay. I, I think he's all right. Whenever his shortcomings come up, they look worse because of whether it's scheme or everybody else around him is bad. But going with Matt Pryor, who's now been benched at three positions, which is really – you know what that makes me think about is back in the day in baseball, you had these guys, Burke Campanaris, where you played all 11 positions. Are they going to try to have him benched <laughs> at three spots? I mean, and Danny Pender hasn't worked out at guard. He's probably a center. So, and, you know, we all knew they would miss Jack Doyle. They really miss Jack Doyle. He, he's sort of part of that offensive line group, but everybody has taken a step back. And when you do it collectively, this is what we get. We get 35 sacks. We get 30th in rushing. Uh, and I don't know how – I know I, I know a lot of people were on the fire Frank Wright bandwagon. I just don't know how you call plays and how you find any kind of efficiency when you've got this offensive line play. I, if someone's got an idea, let me know. But how do you fix it now? It's it's November. So I just don't know how this gets better until the offensive line is at least, you know, reliable. And right now it's not. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I do want to get to the play caller here coming up on Sunday in just a second, but um, go back to Monday night and I guess a little bit of Chris Ballard related chap. Um, I I have the feeling that if Jeff Saturday wants to be here next year, Jim Mercer will give him some role within the organization. Might not be head coach, but I, I think th- that could very well be in the cards. Um, better chance Chris Ballard has a role with the Colts next year or Peyton Manning? Chris Ballard, I, I, boy, the Peyton Manning. What would Peyton come in as as as, as GM? Jeff's uh, the head coach, and Peyton's the GM. Wow, I could see Jeff as as, as offensive offensive line coach, which I thought they should have done in this instance. Let, you know, let John Fox or somebody run, basically run the day to day of the football team because they know what's going on, and you know. This I don't want this to come out as I'm being critical of Jeff Saturday at all. That's not the case. It's just that he's coming in and and not knowing – he may know the roster because he's been a consultant and I'm sure he's been watching film on all this, but the day-to-day stuff of running practice and meetings and all that, that's that's something that's ingrained, and I guess they just sort of keep the same schedule, but, but that's a schedule he's not familiar with. So I, I thought maybe they, they – you know, give it to John Fox or Gus or even Bubba, you know, Bubba Ventrone, and, and let Jeff come in if you want to as that consultant, as an offensive consultant, as offensive line coach. I don't know, but this is what he's he's doing, and it's really going to be interesting how this thing unfolds for the next eight eight games because, you know, at the end of the season, Kevin, you asked a question on Monday about Chris and Jimmy. Basically said, well, of course he's going to be here. He was not even in, in my mind. Well, you know, he told a couple of national guys a week or so ago that, you know, he had a good, he, he was in a good spot with Frank and, and Chris. It just seems so, like to me, Jeff, Jeff Saturday right now would have more say or would have Jim Mercer's ear more than Chris Ballard. And well, that to me is very awkward. That's, uh, and how else can you read it? I, I agree with you. 
and this is one where you'd love to get some truth serum in a guy and see what they <laughs> what they believe with, you know, like with Chris and how the, the one the one quote that jumped out at me that that he that that Chris said when they had the discussions with Ursay over what they're going to do, he said we had very spirited discussions. Well, you only have spirited discussions if you disagree. So, you know, I don't know how much – at the end, I think, Chris, very much you make a decision, you go forward, but that doesn't mean he agreed with this. He didn't look really, you know, comfortable on, on Monday. He didn't want to, I don't think he wanted to be there because it just – that's not who he is at this point. He, he wants to take care of the team and move forward. But, yeah, it, it's a strange dynamic, uh, and it's that, that's why I say it, it's – People are saying they're going to tank. I don't think they need to because things are, are, are where they're at. I don't know where this team comes out of this. I just don't see how structurally and personnel-wise they come out of this. And that's got nothing to do with laying, on, laying down on the field and tanking. It's just that this is who you are right now. Chap, you have – Mike Chappell is our guest. He's on the Payless Lickers Hotline. And for those that don't know, and I can't imagine there would be probably anybody listening that don't, but you've covered this team and been the beat writer for them since the Mayflower trucks arrived, which means myself, Kevin, other people within the community here, we can speculate as to what it was like when Bob Ursay was here. We've heard the stories. We've read the articles. We weren't actively in the locker room getting post-game comments when Bob Ursay was coming in and cutting guys in the locker room and having plays called down from the press box, et cetera. You were. And Jim Ursay was. Jim Ursay's very actively and very, you know, vociferously claimed that he never wants to enter that territory. I'll ask you the same question that I asked Stephen earlier this morning. Has Jim Ursay started to get his big toe to crossing that line that he has tried so hard to not cross in terms of over interference as his father had. Yeah, he's, he's got his toe in the pool. I, I I do think that, and on one level I understand it because it's his team and sure. he do what he darn well pleases. I understand that. But the one thing that Jimmy told me early early on is, what you do as an owner is you put people in place and let them do their jobs. He told me one time that the only time he's really going to interfere, if that's the right word, is. If 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 the, the the family name and the and the horseshoe is in danger, the reputation, and I know of a couple, two or three times that he's done that, but this is this is a little different because I don't think anyone can, no, no one's going to sell me on the idea that this was a, a a a a universal decision that we all agree on. This along with Matt Ryan, I don't believe that, but Carson Wentz wasn't, so it. it, it it sort of, if you're not careful, it really undercuts your GM. It just does. Uh, and that's, you, you, you've got to be careful when you do that because, it, it, like I said, it undercuts everybody below you that you put in place to do their job. And I hope that's not where we continue to go because I don't think that's really a healthy environment. Jeff Saturday is beloved in this town. I think he's beloved just in general because he's a super nice guy. He's obviously, you know, he knows the game. I mean, he's got everything that you would want, right? He just, he's a polished individual. I know that the resume from a, you know, that's that that aside, from a personality standpoint, 
Jim Mersey talks so much about representing the horseshoe, and Jeff Saturday would do that for any company as well, you know, Bailey and Wood, whoever it might be, as well as you could ask. Does that put even more pressure on Chris Ballard, who I thought did not act professionally the other night? Well, it, it puts him in, a, in some of an awkward situation because, again, he's not he wasn't part of the 2000s. You know, we've got Reggie here. We've got Cato June here. David Thornton is in a key position internally. I mean, a key position. And now you've got Jeff, and you've always got the the Peyton Manning, you know, are out there as well. And, you know, and you just had all these guys back here. What was it? For the Washington game. And, and it just sort of rekindles what they once had and they want to, what they want to get back to. So I, I would, it, it's got to be, it's got to be awkward. It, it just does. Because everyone has egos, everyone knows what their job is, and and it seems like there's been some of that has been either taken away or or diminished. I don't know. I think what's more interesting, and we're and we're not going to find out about it today in the locker room, is how do the players feel about this? They they, they were shocked with Matt Ryan. Kevin was in. They were shocked, and I've seen a few comments from guys. They were shocked about Frank Wright. How how, how does everyone? respond to Jeff Saturday and again I don't this is I don't mean this to be a criticism of Jeff at all it's just a situation to where if I'm DeForest Buckner and if I'm Stephon Gilmore and, and 15 or 20 other veterans this this is not what they signed up for right like I'm here because we were all chips in right I'm not here because all of a sudden midway through the season we decided we're going to change hands right and, and the trade right. deadline's gone hey, oh you're you're here you're you're here and that, that's what I want to see. And no one's going to, you know, I think what we're going to get in the locker room today is they were shocked and disappointed that Frank was let go and we, we failed him and that's on us. But but how do you feel about where you guys are and moving forward? And I, I would love to have been in the room when Jeff talked to the team today. I mean, he, he's a great motivator, absolutely great motivator, a great leader. But these guys – these guys want someone that they that they have. I don't say trust because, well, yeah, I mean, there's someone who's done it before that they can say, yeah, we're we're, we're going to go forward because I, this guy's done it before, and I can see us coming out of this because of this. And I just don't know how they react. I hope they react well. They, they, they get, you know, it's their at the end of the day they can be pissed off, they can whatever. It's their job. They get paid very well to do it. So you know, kind of like just be quiet and do your job. Well, that's not a great. A great work environment, and I'm not saying that's what it's going to be, but you've got to you've got to expect there to be some players thinking, "Are you serious? This is where we are now." But at the end of the day, it's their job to do something about it and play well. And you know, I'm not sure how much better the defense can play. You know what's interesting? And Jake, you're always good about these little things. Just just take just let's just take two plays this year. Two plays. A 42 yard field goal is made at Houston. And Stephon Gilmore breaks that breaks up that ball against Washington, and we're talking about something else entirely, two plays, and really nothing would have changed with how this team is. It's just those two plays, and the record is is a lot better. And you're thinking, you know, we can win the AFC South, yet here we are. Chap, I got two more. Um, there's many reasons why I wanted to have you on. Again, M. Chapel 51 is where, where you're going to find Mike's latest. One of them was you caught up with Frank Reich yesterday. Um, I would say the first thing that stood out to me was Jim Irsay fired this man over the phone, which I think is absolutely ludicrous. 
Um, it sounds like Frank's going to get away, and then he wants another crack at being a head coach. Do you feel like he would want another crack at being an offensive coordinator, or do you think it'd only be a head coach? No, it was. I asked him that. Uh, if, first of all, on the phone call, if I, I need to go back and listen again because we talked about a ton of stuff. I think he said it just. He said a face to face just wasn't possible. I, I thought he mentioned Jimmy was out of town Monday morning, which seems strange with all this going on. He said they plan on getting together in the next couple of weeks. Was uh, he in Georgia? Was Saturday? I don't know. I it, it just it was one of those things. I, I asked it, and it, hmm. we moved to something else very quickly. And but he 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 does want to coach again. And yes, he, he said my desire to be to be a head coach. I said, well, what, I said, what about a coordinator or a quarterback coach? I don't know that he would be a quarterback coach. That's I don't God, I want to say beneath him. But he, he's done that before. He wants I think he wants a more prominent role. He will get one. He will. I think if he's smart, he takes. Of course, he takes the rest of the year off. I don't know if, if there's anything open now that someone would do. Uh, I don't know what's down in Jacksonville with Doug Peterson, but he'll coach again. It, it, it's in his blood. And what he told me, he had hoped to coach here for like ten or twelve years, or win a championship or two, and retire. So he's not looking to go Bill Belichick and, and coach until he's in his mid seventies. But he still wants to coach. He was again. He, he really he was hurt, disappointed, he, primarily because it, it's he wasn't able to finish this year, and who knows how much better or worse it would have gotten. But uh, it, it's just I think he's a very good coach, and it was a bad situation. Part of what's his doing. I mean, he, he he had things he had input in in personnel matters. Uh, but but I, I I think he's a really really good coach and a much better person and I wish nothing but the best for him. Yeah, honestly, one of the greater human beings I've come across. Um, okay, last one from me. Uh, we talked a little bit about Parks Frazier, the play caller this Sunday. I'm I'm good with it. I know it's very outside the box, but whatever. All your other moves have pretty much been like that here over the last few weeks. Uh, did I see that you reported that they did offer it to Scott Milanovic, the quarterbacks coach? That's what I was told. I was told that, that I was told that. So now, whether, huh. and again, I, you know, you, you just kind of, you know, I trusted who I was told it, told it from. So I was thinking about that. Well, maybe Parks thought, you know, or uh, Scott thought, you know, I, I get my plate full right now with a quarterback making his, his third start. Uh, and I'm just speculating, but. And yeah, Milanovic is the quarterback's coach for those that don't know. Yeah. And so, and maybe he decided that it's, it's just too much. For, take me too much away from what I really need to concentrate on, but so we'll see where it goes. And that was one of our big questions with Jeff on Monday: is you know you haven't got a coordinator because Frank fired him, and you haven't got a coach because you guys fired Frank. So you know it's just it's just who who does what, who runs meetings, who 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 does the game plan, who does the game plan now? I mean, I mean the actual game plan. So it, it's that's that, that's the main thing, and we'll get some answers today, I guess. But yeah, I. I I was told that, that Milanovic was was at least offered the job. Chap, I feel like, and I said this this week at the beginning of the week, part of me feels like tonight at about 9.30, you're going to be wading through cigar smoke from Batesy and taking phone calls from Robin and the Benners because you're working at the Indy Star and it's 1986 covering the Those Colts. Those were great days. Those were great days. They, they were. <laughs> I mean, Fridays and Saturdays on the desk were, were totally <laughs> pains. But God, it was fun, Robin. You had to spend a week with Robin Miller in, in, in the newsroom to really appreciate 
how newspapers were put out. I mean, and half the time you're sitting there and you're like, I have no idea what quarterback we're covering this weekend, but let's just go with it, <laughs> right? That's well, what it I, feels I, like. It's, it's funny. We, 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 in 1984, we're sitting there with John Banch and Tom Reitman. I, I was Banch's backup, and, and Rod Dauer sat there in the old media room, and he said, yeah, we, I think he said we, we signed Georgia Achika, who was a defensive tackle, and we've cut Arch Schleister. This is after they got boat raced in, in Pittsburgh, and it was like, you, you did what? You, you cut your starting quarterback? And it was like, a oh, oh by the way. And and it, the great days back then with, you know, like you said, with Bob Ursay and the things that they did. But that's not the way to run it. That's not the way to run a franchise. But those days were great. And I miss them. <laughs> Again, bet, man. Mike's latest, not only the conversation, exclusive conversation with Frank Reich, but also – uh, Jim Irsay clarifying some comments late last night. Chap, I know it was a busy Monday night, busy Tuesday night, so we do appreciate you uh, making time for us this morning, and I'll see you here in a few hours. Looking forward to it. Be well, guys. See you, Jake.